Hello, and welcome to Collision Cast, the official podcast of Vendor helping collision repair shop owners and operators make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm Abdullah Ghaffar Khalifa, associate editor. I'm joined with David Willett, chief underwriting officer at Spark Underwriters, to talk about business interruption insurance. Now, it's easy to think that you're running your shop carefully, but events out of your control can happen and will happen. Things like storms, fires, reckless car drivers, you've probably heard stories. Now, you may be covered to repair your building and replace its content, but what's going to keep your business afloat if you can't operate? How are you going to pay your employees or how will your coworkers get paid if there's no cars to work on? Perhaps we can all learn something with my conversation that I had with David Willett. Yeah, how have you been today so far? Been, it's been a great day. Oh, very, very, uh, very exciting. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. It's going to be even more exciting because we're going to talk about interruption of business insurance. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it is something that uh, um, you don't want to snooze on because if it happens to you, that, then you will be excited because there will be a lot going on. But yeah, no, I, uh, it was an interesting topic uh, that you selected. Yeah. Um, so just because, uh, you know, it is something that's a little new to me and probably new to a lot of our audience. Could you explain what uh, business interruption insurance is? Yeah, the, uh, the purpose of business interruption insurance is if you if you have one of uh, your normal um, or if you have a, a storm or um, a fire or something else that's a covered peril that that damages your property or somehow causes an issue where you're not able to do uh, perform work, then obviously your business is going to be interrupted. But like I said, it has to be a covered peril first, like a storm, a fire, you know, uh, something of that nature. Um, the, uh, but if that happens after the fact, uh, you're going to have uh, uh, the need to, to uh, in case you can't operate, you're going to need to be able to pay your employees or you'll lose them to some other competition. We know how hard it is to get them to begin with. So you're going to want to be able to cover their payroll to be able to, uh, and you're going to want to be able to cover the profit you normally would get because you don't get to run businesses for free. Plus you got to pay your continuing expenses. You got to be able to pay for uh, uh, your utilities or any other stuff that you have on a payment plan that you normally pay. So it's to cover all your continuing expenses, your ordinary payroll, and, and then uh, largely what's included in business interruption it's, is extra expense. The better forms include that automatically. And that's where you can a lot of times minimize the, that extra expense loss by, let's say you get a generator, okay? So it allows uh, the insurance carrier through your contract to go get you a generator. And that generator is able to then uh, be plugged in and utilized in your business. And, and what that does sometimes is mitigate the loss itself because uh, you're able to now have electricity and operating. And in a, a rare instance, I've seen it even be uh, being able to find somebody to get uh, internet. Believe it or not, uh, people in downtown Dallas several years ago after a tornado went through, which tornadoes don't hit there very often, but it did, and they actually lost their internet service. And not all forms uh, of business interruption insurance cover an in internet. In fact, very few do, but the one we 
that I've always been a part of happens to cover it. And so in a weird way, even internet in downtown Dallas or a city near you could be an issue. So as we already discussed, a lot of things can cause a, a business interruption. So is there a limited set of things that are often seen as a, at least for insurance purposes, a business interruption to then uh, receive uh, uh, well, yeah, on the, what you're, well, I think what you're alluding to there, no, it, it has to be a covered peril first. So it can't be that you're just, your business is down or nobody's coming in or whatever. Um, if there is, uh, if there's an issue that is unrelated to a covered peril in your policy, then this, this coverage doesn't kick in. But um, like I said, if, if you happen to have a, um, a storm or a, um, uh, a tornado, something rips part of your building down, or, um, you know, even uh, even something that uh, as, as a, a fire loss or, or somebody runs a car into one of your uh, booths or something like that and interrupts your, you know, that, you know, that type of stuff. There's a lot of things can cause you from not being able to operate. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the car thing. Um, you know, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but that seems to be a, a very common story here, ironically, from collision, from collision repair centers is that a car, ironically, just right hits it. So um, I can tell you, uh, not too many of the cars are doing it on their own, although we're building those cars for the future. <laughs> it's mainly somebody in it doing it. You know, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't uh, take to secure it properly or somebody accidentally hit the accelerator or the or the reverse, and um, so yeah, it, it, unfortunately, it does happen. And um, you know, it, it when you're in a vehicle, it moves, okay. And you got to make sure at all times. And people and and flows. It's, it's one of the most important aspects of uh, of any business, but definitely uh, a collision repair. And is to make sure that you have flows that dictate and allow to make sure that you're safeguarding against these mobile objects that you're working on that you take through your operation. It's very important to make sure you've got well-designed flows. It, it can be limiting sometimes with certain buildings, but the better you can accommodate them and, and to where things go in one direction at all times that possible, it, it, it really helps out. Now, in terms of what gets covered exactly, um, does that vary a lot from company to company, uh, insurance companies? Or, or is it roughly about the, the same? Mostly? Well, uh, there is a very much, there is a difference between uh, the, even though there's a standard um, policy that most coverage is built off of, uh, everybody has their proprietary, almost everybody has a proprietary coverage to, to give enhancements and to keep pushing further uh, to provide coverage. And there is quite a lot of difference between them. Um, so, it is not as simple as just saying I have this coverage and check it off. It is uh, at least uh, comforting to know that you do have it. But um, once again, the peril has to be covered to begin with or it doesn't kick in. Um, uh, or, and the other thing is then once it does kick in, there's a lot of variables on it that make the business interruption uh, a better coverage or not. One of them is, does it include that extra expense I talked about? Not all of them do. Some of them are just going to pay for your loss if you have it. Well, I don't know a shop owner that wouldn't rather be repairing cars than collecting 
uh, insurance because they know they're going to eventually pay for the insurance most likely because of the claims experience. Plus, they're not taking care of customers and the customers are going somewhere else. So the extra expense is an important component. I, I also tell you waiting period. Um, waiting periods uh, are uh, literally before they start working on a claim for business interruption. Um, and industry standard is around 72 hours. Okay. I don't know about you. But after you have a claim, how quickly do you want to have somebody start working on it for you? If you have insurance, how quickly would you want somebody to start working on it? Right away. Right away, immediately. Instead, they call you, call them up and say, hey, if you still got a problem 72 hours from now, call me back. OK, that, that's what a waiting period is. And, and, and even in some cases, it's, it's 24 or 48 hours. Well, I think zero is a good number. OK, let's have it be immediate. Uh, but. Um, even 24 hours is, can be, is good because at least a lot of times, well, that's close enough. Somebody at least start working on it, but yeah, that's 72 hours is really an issue. So that's something to pay attention to. Um, and then, um, you, you do have to prove your loss. So keeping good records, uh, no matter what it is, you have to prove that the loss you're having is not just because you don't have cards you're working on anyway. All right. It has to be able to document that they would be coming through and they've been coming through. And the reason you're not getting them right now is because of that, or you're not able to repair them because you can't get them through this machine or, or that um, you, you can't get your calibrations done. That's gone. Or, I mean, uh, you know, something is keeping you from being able to fire up the, um, um, the booths and, and, and do proper work on them or, or even have your area to do your spraying. So, um, so you do have to prove the loss and, and, and show records on it. Um, so that, and, and I'll tell you, uh, this is, uh, this is the insurance guy always pushing a little further, you know, yeah, I'm in the automotive industry and I, I thank goodness I am, but I also have in the insurance industry and in the insurance industry, I, I tell you business interruption insurance that doesn't get looked at enough is life insurance and disability. Um, you know, it technically, is not called that on the policy usually, although I have seen a couple that have weaved that into the name. But uh, when working with shops, it's one of the things to bring up to them to make sure that you have your life insurance in place or your disability, because um, that is a that can really dramatically hurt, hurt the operations. If you lost a key employee. Uh, unfortunately, they were just became disabled or something happened to them and they weren't around anymore. Um, then it is a it's damaging. And so it, having that protection up front, um, you know, there are affordable means usually to take care of that. So a prudent um, a business owner and, and some uh, risk manager in the form of an insurance person ought to be sitting down and going through that with you and making sure that that is woven in and an integral part of your discussion on whether you should have that or not. And not just for the employee, uh, the, the owners, which is important, but also for some of your key employees. So uh, let's say you had someone who, uh, who, who runs a, an auto body shop or collision center. Um, maybe they're brand new or they've been in the business for decades. Um, if they were looking for a new policy, what are some do's and don'ts you would advise to them if they were looking for one? Well, um, I would recommend that they look for somebody who can articulate to them what their business is about. 
not just somebody that's got a, a card that has a picture of a car on it. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't need to have a, a my policy should have a picture of, or my proposal, the picture of a car or my marketing material. I, I would want to talk to the person and actually understand if they know that there are things that are important in our industry. Can do they know what the empty chair stands for? Do they know uh, what ADAS is? Do they do they understand prepare uh, right to uh, to um, uh, repair procedures. Uh, do they do they really know what's going on in the industry with regards um, to all aspects and components of it? If they're not able to articulate that and talk to you about it, um, then I'd be a little nervous about whether they were a good judge or whether or not they were protecting you properly. And and I think that's the key. And then uh, I would tell you even more vital than that because um, that is important. But um, is who's going to handle your claims? I mean, what do we do as the collision repair industry all the time? One, one of the things you always hear about, oh, those bill payers, those bill payers, I, I, that, that's the insurance company who's insuring the personal lines of people that are coming in their shop and they're getting paid for. And they talked about how the claims um, uh, departments have greatly reduced and it's and it, and trying to get somebody with any experience or someone that can make a decision or talent, it's, it's, it's stressed and it's fractured. Well, would you want that same claim experience if you had a claim? I mean, think about it. They're, they're, uh, that's what a lot of insurance have done for their commercial side, not just their personal side. And so make certain that you've got somebody who is knowledgeable already, not that they're gonna go contract or sub out somebody, that they actually have people that can investigate or understand your business that would be handling your claim and have years of experience of doing that. Uh, what do people normally pay uh, for, for, for this kind of coverage? Well, um, that, that is not an easy uh, generalized question. I'm not dodging anything. There are people that know me. I don't dodge much. But number one is um, your, your rates are filed with the states. So it's not like you can make them up. You have to, you, they're they're filed, and so you have to follow your rating plan, and so and and they vary greatly by states, and even within states, there's territory rating. So it is not like you can say that it's this or it's that. Um, uh, it, it's very hard. I mean, I, I've seen people try to come up. Well, it's this percent of your revenue or that. You know, the the truth of the matter is, is none of that is in, included in the rate. The rates, and I, I will tell you this: the um, the one thing that's very obvious, that's uh, very apparent to me, the better insurance doesn't always mean that it costs more, because a lot of times the people that are better at understanding your risk and insuring it, if you're really a quality repair, they're able to, to see that you're not as bad of a risk as somebody that just generalizes in it. Um, so I, I would I would say that. Um, uh, and, and one of the terms that uh, I'll give you two reasons why it's a bad term, apples to apples. There's like, oh, I'll give me an apples to apples quote. Well, you just told an insurance broker or agent that you really don't care about coverage. It's what price you bring into me. Okay. And, and that's what, that's what the, the agent, that's what insurance people are trained to hear when, when you say that. Now you may, you may mean something different that and you may think you do, but that's what they're trained to hear. And that's what and that's what they're trained to react to. But if you uh, say apples and apples uh, uh, to an underwriter, it, it's a totally uh, a different perspective than as well. And they don't uh, don't always respond to it. So be careful about using 
the the jargon. It, it's almost like, well, I've got great coverages, but they don't want to hear them. Okay, that's what an underwriter's thinking. They they really aren't, aren't wanting to see uh, my expertise brought to forefront. Yeah, on that topic, uh, yeah, which is a good segue here. Um, what, what kind of profile do you see of the type of collision repair businesses that do purchase these insurances versus the ones that don't? You know, uh, a lot of them are almost forced into it from their contracts on the from repairing vehicles, and um, you know, there's. Uh, there's nothing like buying insurance because you have to, okay? And, and not all lines they have to, but once they're buying it um, and, and prudent businessmen uh, are and women are, are for years, they've always wanted to be making sure that they protect their assets and, and, and all that. So, I, I mean, it, it, it's not um, shocking that they do it, but um, you, know, you do see from time to time where they're greatly I would say less of them don't purchase insurance. It's whether or not they're fully insured. What, what we see all too often is that the limits might be light and the coverages might not all be there. Um, and, you know, the, the scary thing about that is, is it gets worse over time. A, a way to get a price increase. Have you ever bought a, a bag of chips, uh, the same bag of chips you bought four years ago? Does it seem like it has a few less chips in it, a lot more air? Okay, well, that's a lot, people. <laughs> a lot of people. Well, the same thing can happen in insurance too, where your policy gets renewed and all of a sudden, um, the, rather than giving you a premium increase, they give you a price increase. Well, well, how's that different? Well, a premium is not the same thing as price. If, if they can keep your premiums fairly flat or just moving up a little bit, but they end up start pulling coverages off or lowering limits, they've got their price increase. You just, it's not as obvious. And I'm not saying that happens everywhere, but I'm saying it can happen. It can go the other way too. They can add coverages on, you know, so I'm, I'm saying it can go both ways, but I'm saying that's something to be careful of is whether or not uh, when it renews every year to, to, to just simply think that it's the same policy, you will get a renewal sheet with most renewals that say all these changes on it. I dare say going through those changes and looking and making sure that those added or subtracted to you. That's a daunting task usually. It'd be great if they were highlighted by your insurance agent. So you were able to just look to the highlighted ones that impacted you. Anyway, just a suggestion. Would you say that uh, most uh, garage keepers have this insurance or is, or is it uh, more so that uh, more don't? Or like, what's more, more, mo mo most people operating a, a collision repair business, a body shop or whatever they have, insurance and i would almost say in a lot of them um, a majority of them have garage keepers because if they're going to have customer autos that's what garage keepers insures is the customer autos um, so uh, a lot of times that that term is used interchangeably to mean all their insurance but it really specifically is garage keepers covers the customer's autos and um, it's a bailey baylor uh, arrangement uh, while they're at your shop, you're covering them for your liability or all risk, whichever. It's usually one of the two. It's usually either what you're legally liable for or all risk. But um, the question is, do you have enough limits? What are your deductibles? And do you have the legal liability or the direct primary, which is all risk? 
Now we did kind of touch on this a bit, uh, post-interruption of business. Um, uh, assuming that uh, your insurance company says that, yep, everything is as you say it is, here's your money. Um, what happens exactly? Like, does the insurance company directly control the payroll at that point? Like, what, what's going on? I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, the control the payroll. You're talking about where they're paying the, the because you have a loss and you're not able to get back to business. And I said that you're covering ordinary payroll. No, it, what it is, is you prove that you have a loss and the insurance company funds you and you take care of taking care of, of spending it on your uh you're the one that still you're not you're not they're not interrupting and running your business they're giving you uh the resources to run your business until your business gets back up running again and and usually what happens in that is that you're running at 25 percent what you normally do or 50 percent or 75 percent and 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 so they it's gradated on how much that payout is you know, that, that's actually not a good segue. What are some other things that uh, would lead to the calculation of, uh, of, of a quote? Of a quote? Well, I'll tell you, one is is how much on top of how, how tenured your staff is, how well trained they are, uh, what uh, SOPs you aspire to, what um, um, business practices, what types of customers you take on, whether you pay your bills consistently or not, what's your credit score, uh, what part of the country you're in uh, based on weather conditions, how your building is constructed, uh, what's the fire rating of the fire department that is services you. So, I mean, I, 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 could, I could just sit here and go on. <laughs> it, it really is, there are factors upon factors. And, and, your, and another key one is loss experience. What is your what has your experience been in the last uh, three to five years? If you've been having a lot of losses, you're, it is probably going to adversely affect your um, your premium. If you haven't had as many, you're probably going to have a lot um, better. You're going to have a lot more people interested in riding with uh, broader limits and coverages and better better rates. Well, this has been quite lovely. Um, thank you for talking about this uh, very unique topic uh, that I have here. I did just have one final question. Sure. Uh, what's something that uh, you wish more people within the industry knew about, uh, about uh, this type of insurance policy? I, I would just, uh, that they, um, I think it's not only just this policy, I think they need to see their insurance provider as an integral part of their business not just somebody who they get their insurance from. It's gotta be somebody, and so that, that means they've gotta be able to bring something, okay? They've gotta be able to help in some way, but they ought to be an integral part of your business, not just somebody you, you, you purchase a product from. All right, thank you again, David. Really appreciate it. Um, it's been a pleasure talking with you and hopefully we'll catch each other again. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Now make sure to follow Fender Bender on Facebook and LinkedIn and make sure you're subscribed to Collision Cast.